This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. In 2008, a podcast was created with one goal. To bring Bat fans around the world news related to movies, comics, video games, television, merchandise, and so much more. And now, the Batman Universe Podcast has returned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the TV Podcast. Today, BJ is with me, and we have a couple of little discussions to talk about. But as you probably know, uh, January is right around the corner, or right the end of January, that is, is right around the corner. And that being said, as you're listening to this, the end of January has already happened. So we are recording this on January 29th, which is a Sunday. Um, I'm actually about to head out of town for a couple of days, so we wanted to get the episode recorded ahead of time. But the end of January brings with a specific deadline that uh, may come true. I mean, we'll find out here in a couple of days, and by the time you're listening to this, it might have already happened. But uh, as we all know, at the beginning of January, James Gunn had posted on Twitter that by the end of the month, they would reveal some of their plans for their early slate of the future of the DC films, or DC Studios, or however you want to look at it. Um, so the end of January is right around the corner. And while we hope that he will, in fact, be holding true to his word and something will be being, being released as far as what we can expect. Um, in the meantime, we want to talk about what we are hoping to see from the slate um, that gets announced or at least the, the things that we'd like to stay the same or change or we'll, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit. So before we do that, there's just a couple of little news bits from the last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to start off with a update. So two weeks ago, um, if you listened to the episode, we were talking about DC comics and the five G event that was supposed to take place um, specifically revolving around a series of articles that were released over at Bleeding Cool. Um, as it turns out, the, the the man behind those articles, Rich Johnston, actually listened to the podcast and clarified just a couple of things. I want to put his comments in here because they, they kind of give some a little give a little bit more information on certain things while other things, uh, they're still kind of up in the air. And I'm going to probably search around for those answers a little bit more or maybe even dive deeper and try to find a way to get those answers but specifically he said that uh, the death of alfred uh, wasn't was not the thing that tom king had to get permission for that was an easy one but was initially meant to have been reversed he was never actually killed it was a magic trick for damien's benefit so that th- th- that specific information to a degree 
was revealed in an interview with Tom King also that Alfred was not intended to stay dead at the time. And also when we talked about this two weeks ago, we did say it did seem kind of abrupt and the fallout from it was very odd and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, the fact that it still remains, he still remains dead, even though uh, most recently he came back or at least a version of him came back in Batman vs. Robin, the miniseries that's about to wrap up here in just a couple, or I think in the next two months, I think he has two issues left, um, but he popped back up in that, but then we found out he's not really there, so that was not the thing. So then I had to find out, I specifically said, um, well, what was the thing that he was trying to get approval for? Uh, because I don't recall anything else as big as Alfred dying happening. Was it something he would have done in the remaining issues of the 100 he originally planned? And then... Um, Rich responded, death of Batman, marriage of Catwoman and Batman, death of Joker, maybe. So specifically, some of the events that we knew were potentially coming, um, the death of Batman would have led, obviously, to the next Batman. The potential marriage between Batman and Catwoman you know, happening would have been a big change. Or possibly the death of the Joker could have also been a big change. Um, so any of those possible, any of those things are possible. Um, but the odd thing was originally when this all happened and the initial announcement came out that there was something that he had to go get approval from from AT and T. It was because of an interview that he did with the Hollywood Reporter. And it was before Alfred's death, uh, because it actually, the interview got released before City of Bane was, I, I think it was in the beginning part of City of Bane. And he specifically said they had to go get approval because it was going to change Batman for the future. And I will say, regardless of whether it was the death of Batman or the marriage of Batman and Catwoman or the death of the Joker, none of those seem like something that could easily not be reversed in the future where you'd have to go up the chain to actually get approved by the higher ups at the parent company. I don't really think that any of those really work. The death of Batman is an odd one because while Tom King was obviously going, was originally planned to be on Batman for a hundred issues, he I'm sure it had nothing to do with whatever was coming next with the next Batman or 5G or anything like that. So for him to have his entire, you know, run on Batman end with him killing Batman and then conveniently setting up the next Batman seems a little odd. Yeah, that would have uh, been strange to uh, have this big moment if he does marry Batman and Catwoman and then just new writer comes in and kills them off the next issue. That would have been... That would have been uh, pretty strange and kind of a slap in the face uh, to the readers, really, who were so invested. So, yeah, we will never really get the full story on what was going to happen with 5G and next Batman. Um, but it is strange how we're hearing like little bits and pieces um, lately on the Internet. We're kind of all kind of speculating and piecing them together ourselves. Yeah, to a degree, it almost feels like we should try to aim our sights a little higher with some of our interviews that we do and try to get Tom Taylor to, to Tom Taylor to disclose what actually was the plan. Um, I know Tom he, King or uh, Tom, uh, Tom, not Tom Taylor. I don't know why I said Tom Taylor. I think I said Tom. I Taylor think they earlier. get mixed up all the time. They, so. I'm sure they do. Um, no, right. Tom King, uh, we should aim higher and try to get Tom King on to try to figure out what exactly the, the, the plan was and how it kind of changed because, it's not as if he left DC, you know, like he originally planned doing a hundred. And I know that there was some, 
ha-has online at the time about, well, he, you know, he did a couple of other issues, so it wasn't going to be 100. It was going to be 105 or something like that because of some of the other things that happened during his run. So, you know, put all that aside, I'm just curious to know what actually was the plan, because if it was this, you know, some sort of massive thing, it's very unlikely that he's going to come back and do whatever he planned. Um, I know that there are writers who have like an idea that they weren't able to do, and they hold on to that idea with the hope that it could eventually happen. But I think that Tom King is secure enough with the other things that he's got going and the fact that he's still working within DC, that he's probably under the you know great understanding that he's not going to be back on Batman and he's not going to be doing any other Batman writing in the near future at least. Um, that's not to say he couldn't do a Black Label series or something like that, but it's very unlikely that he's going to be on the main continuity series again because it's just not likely. This That's not something we see very often where a writer gets off after an extended long run and then ends up you know, coming back after a long time. It's just, that's something that happened in the 90s and the early 2000s. It's not something that so much has happened over the last decade plus. Yeah, I wonder how much of uh, the Batman Catwoman miniseries, Eddie, I wonder how much of that would have been more in the main in the main title and what he kind of had to like piece around because it was a miniseries. Yeah. And then the other thing that Rich Johnson pointed out was that one of the reasons why they decided to use Jace Fox instead of Luke Fox was at the time, um, and I didn't put this together, I, I forgot about this until Rich mentioned it, but he specifically said Luke Fox was created by Jimmy Palmiotti, who is a close colleague of Dan DiDio, so they didn't want to make him Batman because of that, because of the Dan DiDio connection. Um, and that's why Luke Fox wasn't chosen. Now, it's interesting because at one point there was at least a plan for Luke Fox. Obviously, this goes back to the original articles that uh, Rich wrote um, talking about how Luke Fox was the original intended person to take over the next Batman. But even more specifically, just conveniently this past week, there were some designs that um, Mikel Janine, uh, he released of Luke Fox's Batman that he did ages ago. And he specifically said some designs I did for Luke Fox's Batman, they landed nowhere, but it was fun. And there's like four different concept arts of Luke Fox as Batman. So kind of a cool idea. I'll, I'll provide a link in the in the description so you guys can check out those uh, those concepts. But it, it does show that at least they were... It shows how much time and effort went into at least the planning stages and like getting as far as artists doing concepts for stuff within 5G, even if it didn't happen. It's kind of crazy how much you know, money they put, they potentially could have spent into this, doing what they did, planning what they did, and then it not not become anything. Yeah, well, I guess once you, because uh, he's a Janine's a pretty big artist over there. He did a lot with um, Tom King, so I mean, once they probably put him in charge of designing that that costume, I think once you kind of get to that design process, like they were, like you said, they were revving up and kind of getting ready to launch it, but never happened. Yeah. All right, the next thing we've got, this isn't too far-fetched, and it's honestly pretty pretty expected, uh, but uh, Mark Hamill recently did an interview with Empire, and he, um, he was specifically talking about Kevin Conroy and his role as Batman, and whether or not he would choose to do Joker in a future project if asked, and... Um, his quote was, they would call and say they want you to do the Joker. My only question was, is Kevin Batman? If they said yes, I would say I'm in. 
um, were the, the uh, we were like partners. We were like Laurel and Hardy. Without Kevin there, there there doesn't seem to be a Batman for me. Um, he said Kevin was perfection. He was one of my favorite people on the planet, and I loved him like a brother. He truly cared for people around him, and his decency shone through everything he did. Every time I saw him or spoke with him, my spirits were elevated. Um, so obviously, based off of those remarks, it's very, very unlikely that uh, we will ever hear Mark Hamill do the Joker again. And I don't necessarily fault Mark Hamill for that. I know that a lot of people really enjoy Mark Hamill's Joker, but at the same time, he, he, his Joker was always synonymous with Kevin Conroy's Batman. Um, the only thing that would be out there is, you know, we didn't actually hear whether or not Kevin Conroy was at least in talks or plans to be part of Cape Crusader if it was to happen. Um, obviously, those would, those plans would have to change now that he has passed. Um, but that would have been, you know, and a lot of people had said that that was in, in a lot of ways a continuation of the animated series in a different format. Um, so I'm not super surprised by this, you know, information, but it's important to just note, hey, Mark Hamill, he he's retiring his version of the Joker uh, alongside the fact that Kevin Conroy has passed and his, his Batman is also retired. It makes sense. I, uh, they are, they do go together. They are like a great duo, a great team. And, uh, he's Conroy is, uh, Hamill's Batman and Hamill's Con. Oh, I'm getting kind of confused, but you know what I mean? They go together. They're, they're the Batman and Joker that I think everybody kind of points to as their favorite. Agreed. All right. So then over the past two weeks, there was also the other bit of news that came out was the, the next, which we already knew this was coming, but Batman, the doom that came to Gotham um, is the next animated Batman film that's releasing. It's actually coming out on March 28th to 4k ultra HD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray digital. Um, it's going to be released in its entirety. Then it's not a one part or it's not broken up into multiple parts. Like some of the other ones, like long Halloween was recently. Um, but it's an Elseworlds tale, um, influenced, obviously, by the comic of the same name. The story itself uh, features Green Arrow, Ra's al Ghul, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, Two-Face, James Gordon, and more. Um, David, and I'm going to say this name wrong because I'm just horrible at pronouncing stuff, uh, Guntuli Tolli, um, who played Batman in Batman's Soul of the Dragon, is going to reprise his role as the Dark Knight. Obviously, this is another Elseworlds tale. It's not related. They're not in the same universe. Um, and then there's a bunch of other voice casts. The whole voice cast uh, and the, the creators behind the, the project, I'll have a link to our article over on the website that lists everything, as well as a spot where you can pre-order the film if you're looking to get your pre-order in now for when it does release on March 28th. But the trailer is out. And if you have not read the comic series, it is a little bit, it, it, it's outside the box uh, as far as a Batman tale, a typical Batman tale, I should say, uh, mostly because it takes place during a different period of time. Um, so in the, in the actual story, um, you see Batman in kind of like a, they, they, they describe it as a Lovecraftian supernatural force. Uh, threatening the sheer existence of Gotham. And uh, it takes place during like the early 1900s. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of supernatural stuff. It's there's, it almost feels like there was, and I can't remember which one it was, but there was a justice league dark 
animated film a couple years back that came out that I believe Batman, if I remember correctly, and it's been a while since it came out, I've seen it, but I believe Batman had a pretty big role in the film. And yeah, he's yeah, he's in that a lot. Yeah, and I and this feels like that kind of thing where it's like Batman, but there's a lot of stuff that's outside of Batman's realm. So we're going to see other people, but a lot of the characters that we are going to see also are a different version because of the time period that the film is taking place in. Um, the supernatural part, I'm never a huge fan of the supernatural stuff um, when it comes to Batman because I just don't find it as interesting as like the the detective nature of a lot of the or even like the crime scene stuff that's more modern. That said, um, the animation looks really good. Um, the voice cast is is looks like it should be a really good you know group of uh, group of voice actors who are doing the the, the various different roles, and it, it it'll be interesting to see some of these different versions of the character. Um, I know that going leading up to it, we're going to have a review of the comic series over on the website to refresh people's minds for it. Um, but you know, what do you think? So I have never read the comic. I really didn't know um, it existed until I heard that this movie came out. And I, I thought it was like an original script. But then uh, just reading about it, it um, I heard that was based on a comic. So I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna still have to find it. I saw that they're coming out with like a new edition of it uh, just in time for the movie. So I'm sure they'll get my $25 when that comes out, along with me buying the movie as well. But yeah, it looks pretty cool. Look like the costume kind of looks a bit like that Gotham by Gaslight, that like an old, like Victorian age or whatever um, costume. And yeah, there's a lot of characters in it. There's like a Green Arrow is like a knight almost. I see Etrigan. I kind of like Etrigan. I like when he pops up in things. But I agree with you that he, the supernatural and the magic and the mysticism that's a little outside, um, well, very outside Batman's territory. But um, it is always interesting to see Batman in a new element and get like a new story. So I am excited to read a new story, watch a new story with Batman than more of the uh, more than what we used we're used to with the street level grim and gritty stuff. Exactly. So while the supernatural stuff's not my cup of tea, I will definitely be checking the film out like all the other ones. And when the film does come out, because it is in fact a direct Batman film, we will be talking about it here on the podcast as well. So you can look forward to that in the future, as well as the review from BJ over on the site. So with that being said, that is all of our news stuff that came out over the past two weeks. Now we're going to jump over to Gunwatch because there's a couple of little things we're going to talk about. Um, Specifically, the first one that we've got is that uh, Jason Momoa had a meeting with uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, at Warner Brothers talking about the future of DC. And it seems as if, based off of his comments, it seems like the meetings that were taking place were specifically having to do with getting everybody on the same page, getting everybody to understand what exactly the plan is you know, before things actually go publicly. Um, we know that from a couple of weeks ago, Matt Reeves had stated that he was having a meeting very soon with uh, Peter Safran and James Gunn to figure out exactly what the plan was. While we know it's very unlikely that it's going to affect in any way, shape, or form what Matt Reeves is doing because that's its own little corner at the moment, we know for a fact that 
there is, you know, they're they're making sure that everybody who is currently going to be involved with DC going forward is being brought in to under, better understand exactly what the plan is. That also explains why we've heard, you know, we've seen stuff like before Christmas we saw uh, Dwayne Johnson being told, you know, Black Adam's not part of our original plans, so that they can make sure that people aren't going to be blindsided by something when things actually do get announced. All right, and then there yeah. was. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. So then, the next comment we've got was um, there was a there was a comment, and I don't know that we brought this up in the last episode. I don't know that I even included this in Gunwatch because I didn't think it was entirely related or necessary to include it. But James Gunn made a comment about Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is wrapping up that trilogy. He's no longer going to be doing any Guardians of the Galaxy films, and. In a lot of ways, the third film is going to wrap it up for a lot of characters. Uh, I know Dave Batista has said that he is not going to be doing another film after Guardians of the Galaxy. He's done with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy after this. So it, it makes sense that, you know, while we don't know what exactly will happen in the film because the film has yet to release and it's not going to be releasing until a little bit later this year, we know that it's going to be, you know, wrapping up a lot of the character arcs for some of the characters that are in there. He made a comment that said that he would love to work with some of the actors that he had worked on with in Guardians of the Galaxy within DC. And somebody made a comment that said, please do not encourage the cast to follow you to DC. Uh, find fresh actors that can craft brilliant characters and forge new memories for audiences instead of swimming in the same muddy pond. I know I'm not alone in feeling this way. Rebirth, not reuse, please. So he specifically responded and said, we have hundreds of roles to cast, as I've always done. Some will be brand new faces, some will be actors I've worked with before, and some will be actors you know who I've never worked with. What matters most is the actor fits the role and that they're easy to work with. So... Again, you know, he's just addressing some of the potential criticism out there. I here's the, here's the reality: when you are somebody in Hollywood, you're bound to work with somebody else you've previously worked with. Um, it's not impossible to never work with somebody that you've worked with before, but it's very unlikely, especially because directors and producers they get in the groove of working with a lot of people. Not necessarily the cast specifically, but a lot of the makeup people, a lot of the, you know, behind the scenes crew will follow them to wherever they are. And in most cases they might even work for the production companies that are part, you know, that are owned by these, you know, large creators. So I don't necessarily have a problem with anybody from Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, porting over, let's say, to DC if there is a role that James Gunn thinks that they could fill. I mean, people have said for years that Dave Batista would make a great Bane, and I'm not disagreeing with that. I think he, he could make a really good Bane. I don't think we need necessarily a Bane anytime soon, but there are characters that, you know, the, the, that some of the, the cast from the film could potentially play, and I'm not going to immediately discount them because they previously were in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> like in the Suicide Squad, um, the actress who plays Mantis, she's in the, that movie for like she's in like one scene barely. And but I do think a lot of people online just think that he's gonna like bring those guys over, like he's gonna have like Chris Pratt play Superman or something. I do like that's not. I don't think that's gonna happen. But I do think there's a segment of Twitter out there who are like, oh my god, this is gonna happen. Then he's just gonna bring all the weird characters over, just play weird versions on DC, but. Yeah, like Gunn says, uh, like finding the um, the right actor for the right role 
Was I, I kind of tr- I trust him uh, finding that because I mean, look what he's done with the Guardians. Like, who gave who knew any of those characters before he kind of um, before he got his hands on them? Now, like, everybody loves Groot and Rocket and Drax and all those characters. Yep. All right. So then the next comment we have, this isn't specifically from James Gunn, but it definitely is going to be a bigger thing. There was a tweet that came out. Um, It's from somebody named Luis Fernando, and they said, aiming at Disney's successful D23 Investors Day, Warner Brothers Discovery will make from its 2023 upfront a big event at the theater at Madison Square Garden on May 17th. The event, which will showcase Warner Brothers Discovery's upcoming portfolio content from Warner Brothers, HBO, DC, HBO Max, Discovery, etc., will also be streamed live. So, there's two things there. One, if you're not familiar with D23 or Investor's Day, in the past, Disney has, uh, not this last year, but in 2020 and 2021, Disney did something called Investor's Day, which was, or Disney Plus Day also was the other name for it, where they had, they kind of like showed off some of the financials behind what they were doing with Disney Plus, their new projections, but they would also showcase and announce a lot of new content that was coming to the service. They would have, you know, uh, Kevin Feige from Marvel. They would have Kathleen Kennedy from uh, Lucasfilm. They would have um, Pete Doctor from Pixar um, and so forth and so on. From all their different studios that they have, they would be showcasing different content that would be coming to the service or be talking about content that was potentially coming to Hulu or ESPN+. Plus. But they would be hitting all their streaming services, and they made a big point to like showcase a lot of content. It was a big deal. There was a lot of buzz because they were announcing so much content at once. They didn't do it in 2022, um, but the D23 event is a annual... or. It's uh, it's every other year that they typically do it. Uh, it's a big event that they do for fans. It's a convention uh, that they do where fans come, celebrate you know, everything Disney, but they also reveal some stuff. And this past year was the first one they've done since before COVID. And when they did it, they actually streamed the main parks panel that they had online um, and when they streamed it, the entire panel was available for people to watch, which just means that people are more dialed into what's going on because in the past they weren't live streaming this stuff. It was just exclusive for the people who are in the room. But in today's day and age, they get a sponsor to sponsor and they can stream it on live and then other people can watch it. And the sponsor you know, obviously gets you know their little logo in the corner or whatever saying it was sponsored by them. But that's what happened at D23. Warner Brothers has done something like this when they were doing something for HBO Max years ago. Before HBO Max launched, they did an investor day. Peacock also did one, but they haven't really done anything since. And Warner Brothers Discovery really does need to figure out a way to get some excitement about their, you know, new version of the company, which at you know, by the time this event happens, it'll be over a year old. And while this specifically is not related to film, the upfronts typically are an, is an event that has to do with TV series, shows that are coming to not only the streaming, you know, the streaming side of the business, but also all of the cable channels and other you know, content that they have. It's a way for them to show off what they've got so that advertisers get excited and want to pay money to advertise on their shows. Um, it's it's a huge thing, and this should be a really cool thing because the fact that DC's mentioned, we we know we've got you know the Penguin series coming, 
We know we've got Peacemaker Season 2. There's other content that's DC-related. We might hear news, hopefully, before then about Cape Crusader. But there, the, there's the possibility of showing showcasing content that is, is on streaming, even though there is no advertising around it, because that happens as well. Um, and it could be a really big deal for... You know, the different content that we have yet to hear about when it comes to TV. They could be making some announcements about things that are happening, or at least at that point, showing off some footage from some of the stuff that we already have been announced. So it should be really interesting to see. So you said that that's going to be streamed live, right? Like anybody could watch it? Yes. So that's the idea is that it'll be able to be streamed live. Typically, uh, the events, well, I can't say how long this event would be, but typically events in the past have ranged from like an hour and a half to like two hours. um, And there's just a slew of content that they showcase. Yeah, because I know I know the Disney one, like when they announced the Marvel, they like they just announce it, but you don't see like they always show like like special footage from something, but they never you never see it. So I guess that's uh, that's interesting how they are going to stream it live for anybody to watch. Yeah. All right, and then the last comment that we have, um, specifically, if it was announced also over the last two weeks that uh, Doom Patrol and Titans are officially ending, um, there was somebody online that said um, it's because of James Gunn and Saffron, and I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that comment. I didn't initially agree with that comment initially, you know, as soon as it came out, because as soon as that comment released, it was like, oh, yeah, this is because James Gunn, and Peter Safran have decided to just, you know, kill everything that existed prior to their tenure. And that's not true at all. They've already said that that's, there's stuff that's going to keep happening. The successful things will continue on to a degree. Um, I'm not saying Doom Patrol and Titans weren't successful, but I think the thing is, if they're going in a new direction, they need to be on the same page. And with the Flash ending, um, I'm hoping Gotham Knights just gets, uh, that's the one series that I hope just gets, you know, fails horribly. So they have no reason to bring it back. Um, and then the only other one that's out there is going to be Superman and Lois. And who's to say that doesn't continue just because it falls in line with, let's try to make sure that everything's on the same page. We'll just see what happens. But outside of that, I mean, there's not much else out there you know, that has, that that's pre-existing. There's the animated Harley series, there's Young Justice. Those can continue to take place in their own little pockets of the DC universe. And I don't think that'll really make a difference. But James Gunn went on to say, the decision to end the series was before us, uh, but I certainly wish the best for the talented group of creators, actors, and the rest of the crew that produced both of those shows. He had nothing to do with it. The shows were going to get canceled anyway, and it was even funny. Not funny. Funny is the wrong word to use, but it was interesting because one of the creators, I can't remember for which one of the series, actually came out on Twitter and said, we knew this was going to happen. We wrote the series to have, you know, to be ended instead of ending on a cliffhanger. We made sure that it felt like an actual ending rather than leaving fans hanging after the fact. So, that's nice to see. Um, that also means with Titans ending when it eventually you know is done, uh, that gives us a reason to go back and watch those seasons and then bring those up as discussion points on future episodes of the TBU podcast. Yeah, not a shock that um, they were canceled. I think they both went for four seasons. Is that right? Yes, I, I believe so. Think, yeah. I mean, so four seasons is pretty good for um, for two shows that started on like the DC Universe app. Uh, 
throwback to shout out to that app. Uh, yeah. Back in the, but yeah, so I think, I mean, when it's time, it's time. Yeah. All right. So then that is going to bring us to our main topic. Now, one of the things that the comment that I read earlier about the Game of Thro- uh, Ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cast being used, there was a follow up question that someone posed to James Gunn that specifically said, is some of the slates still being announced this month? This was on January 21st. And he said, yes. So as we record this, as I said, this is January 29th. Nothing has been announced up to this point, And we can assume that he's a man of his word because, again, he said it again uh, just eight days ago that something was going to be announced. So today we're going to talk about what we expect to be announced. Um, to recap, we know we have Shazam coming out in March. We have um, Flash coming out in June. We have Aquaman coming out in December. We have, I know I'm forgetting one of them. Something else is coming out. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on it too. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I think it's just those three. Yeah. Um, we have the Joker in 2024. We know that the Batman 2 is happening, but we don't have any dates. Um, outside of film, that is pretty much the only... F- oh, oh, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle in August. Oh, yeah. um, we have that one. And then we also have... Um, on the TV side of things, Peacemaker Season 2, and the Penguin series that ties into the Matt Reeves universe, and that's pretty much it. I'm not going to count the other shows that are pre-existing, because the only ones that are still out there that exist would be Gotham Knights, which is yet to premiere, and then Superman and Lois, which is yet to premiere its next next season as well. Um, outside of those two... Um, there's the animated Harley Quinn series and Young Justice. Young Justice, I don't believe it's been announced whether or not it would get its next season yet. Um, that's kind of up in the air as far as I know. But that's it. We've got Kate Crusader kind of hovering somewhere out in the you know abyss that uh, has yet to be you know announced where it's going. But that's all we have. We don't have anything else. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, because this isn't a topic that obviously we haven't talked about. We've been guessing as to what could happen for quite some time. But the big thing is with 2023 at the beginning happening right now, there's not a lot of time for them to come up with, um, you know, there could be scripts. I mean, there, there's a high possibility that there could be scripts out there that could become films in a very short amount of time where you could get maybe one or two films in 2024 outside of the Joker film. There's still plenty of time to get films put in for 2025, but there you have to get the ball rolling, especially if you don't already have pre-existing plans for some of this stuff. The fact that James Gunn is putting together a Superman film, um, he's writing it, we know that that is going to likely be one of the films that happens early on. Um, but outside of that, we don't really know a whole lot else. So today, what we're specifically talking about is what do we see the future being? And we're not specifically talking about, you know, what's going to happen to the existing films that are releasing this year? What's going to happen with those characters going forward? I don't know that that's really necessarily going to be determined as part of the initial slate. I think what's going to happen is, as we've seen 
If we see what they did at Marvel, where films can come out and it could be years, literally four, five, six years before we see some of those characters again, it's entirely possible that James Gunn could be taking that same approach. And if Shazam comes out and Shazam's successful, they can plug it in to a point in their slate if they want to. If it doesn't do very well, they can just say, okay, we're done with Shazam for the near future and we can always come back to it later on. Um Aquaman, the first one, was very did very well in the box office, so you can assume that in some way, shape, or form, Aquaman 2 would be successful and then also continue on. We don't know what's going to happen with The Flash. Blue Beetle is a true mystery because we really don't know anything about that film. Um, so the reality of it is, put aside the ones that we have coming out and... Let's put aside the Batman universe uh, stuff with Matt Reeves because while I we 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 all want the Matt Reeves stuff to become bigger and better and you know amazing more amazing, um, that's not I don't think going to be something that's going to be included as part of their slate. Other than we've got this show that's tying into the second film and the second film's coming out and that's it. I don't know that they're really going to be announcing anything beyond that. So, what would you th- what would you like to see? We know we're going to likely get a Superman film, but what else would you like to see as part of the slate that it gets initially announced? Uh, let's see. Um, I don't. I have no brain for like uh, casting or anything like that. But Superman, obviously, I would like to see some Green Lantern stuff. I think. I think it's time for that. But one thing I'm kind of looking for from the for this new wave of DC films is to kind of base their movies kind of on like some of the classic stories that from the comics and gun he i'm sure he's one of us he's a big comic book reader i'm sure his bookshelf is far bigger than any of ours but he's a comic guy i remember he read like every suicide squad comic lead as he's writing his film so i would like to see some type of live action adaptation of some of the classic stories that we've got in the comics like kind of like marvel did with um you know the winter soldier and civil war and like infinity war things like that so i don't know um what you think um uh, about that but yeah heroes wise like we don't know what's up with wonder woman like if gal gadot's still involved so i don't can't i can't picture wonder woman without her in it to be honest uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what What are you thinking? So, as far as it's it's hard to say because I don't think that Gunn is going to go the same route as Marvel and like try to establish the core characters and then bring them together for a Justice League. I just don't think that is likely to happen, at least for the immediate future. I think if anything, we need. To, well, okay, I say that, but then I think to myself, well, to a degree, there was. You know, individual films for a lot of the characters that led to an Avengers film, and then a lot of the characters kept getting more films. Like Iron Man had three films, Captain America had four films. You know, there was multiple films for most of the characters. Thor had four. Um, there was a lot of movies that were each one of the characters got their own focus, and then they still did the combined Avengers films. But I don't think that makes a lot of sense, at least in the immediate future, with. DC. I feel like establish these characters individually, 
not in a way where it's disconnected, but establish them so that they can have great stories being told about them. When you eventually bring them together, whether it be in a couple of years or whether it be in eight years, it doesn't really make a difference, but we want these characters to like be in a really good position. The other thing that I really hope to happen, and I, this isn't going to be announced necessarily from the slate, but I really hope that we get over this idea that a single actor can only play a role. Because while it's great to have the same actor play the same role for the entire existence of that character, actors do not necessarily want to dedicate three decades of their life to the same exact character, number one. Number two, it's very difficult to continue to pay that actor who's demand, you know, not demanding, but can demand a lot more money, more money to continue to play that role. It's very difficult to do that. So you know, there was a point in time when we had Batman films and they were switching Batman on a very regular basis. And I'm not saying that I want that to happen all the time, but I think that the idea of get rid of a character that's established as Iron Man or Captain America because the actor who plays that character can't be that character for either monetary reasons or personal reasons where they don't just don't want to play the character anymore. I don't think that it's smart for the future of the overall franchise to just say, hey, okay, we're going to stop making these popular characters in film and instead focus on some other characters that aren't as popular. Now, I'm also not saying don't focus on the small characters because I think for a very long time, Marvel really wasn't doing a great job of focusing on, let's say, their C-list, D-list tier of characters that they had other than Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think a lot of people just were surprised by how... James Gunn took those nobodies and made them into something that was a successful franchise. But um, I don't want to go the route of like, let's cast Superman and it can only be this one actor. And if it's not this one actor, then we have to start back at square one because I feel like that's been overdone too much within Marvel. Um, Not necessarily the, you know, start over kind of thing, but just not using the character. Um, But again, that's not part of the slate. It's just something I hope for. But Green Lantern is something that I really hope can be done well. Um, At the time when they were talking about a Green Lantern TV series and, you know, doing like a space cop thing where they have all these other core members and things like that, and they could really focus on building out the entire, you know, all of the different Green Lanterns that have existed. I really like that idea. And I think a TV show does make the most sense for something like that, because I think it's too big of a property to just compact into just a film. That's not to say you couldn't do a film that focuses on somebody, but or do a film that focuses on maybe the origin of Green Lantern, but then, um, you know, run it into a TV series where you can, you know, expand it even further. Um, so I'd like to see something with Green Lantern. Um, I think that pairing some of the characters um, is possible. I just, okay, so I saw something online that said, wouldn't it be cool if they did a Green, Lan- or a Green Arrow and Black Canary series? Or, you know, something like that. And I thought, that's not a bad idea because while the Arrow series had Black Canary in it, it really didn't work the same way as their relationship in the comics. There was like four Black Canaries in there. Yeah, and it, but it yeah. just, it was a different version and it was a different thing. And, you know, I liked Arrow for the most part. I didn't have any huge issues with it when it was on. Um, but it's also been done for a while. So why not be, you know, do something else? Have, you know... 
the arrow that was in or the green arrow that was in arrow was very much the tortured soul that wanted to be Batman, but couldn't be Batman. Um, I hate to say it. Um, it's true. It's true. But the green arrow that you typically see in the comics and in other forms of media is always like the character that's like almost like a different version of Batman. He's wisecracking. He's a smart ass. He's, he's not, you know, he's, he doesn't take what he does as seriously as Batman, but he's good at what he does. Um, and I'd like to see a different version of Green Arrow. I think that would be kind of cool. I, I do want Superman to get a really good story to be told and to not just be yet another origin story. And the perfect example yeah, I can give. That's one thing I'm, uh, I'm like, let's, I don't want to see Krypton blown up. Kind of yeah. like the, we don't want to see the Waynes murdered anymore. Yep. Like, you know, we know that deal. Uncle Ben, we know he's dead. We know the Waynes are dead. We know Krypton blew up. Let's, yep. He's got the cape. He's got the S. Let's let's get down down to business. Exactly, and I and I think the the perfect explanation or of what I'm looking for is how Matt Reeves took the Batman and did not tell an origin story, but still has that like there's elements of his past that are explored and things like that without being an origin story. Um, that's what I want to see for Superman. I don't you know like if he wants to talk about his past. Or he goes to the Fortress of Solitude and Jor-El in the hologram form is there talking or whatever. And they talk about something. That's fine. But I just don't want to see, you know, 30 minutes of a film talking about how, you know, Krypton could have been saved if it wasn't for the the people in power not believing Jor-El and blah, blah, blah. I, it, we, we've seen that too many times. We don't need to see it again. I mean, with all the TV series and, anime, or, and animation and... Um, live action films, there's, it's been done a million times. And the same thing with the Wayne's murder. It's been done a million times. We don't need to keep seeing it. I think a lot of times the only reason you do see it is because the creator who's doing whatever the project is feels like they have a different take on it. And I don't need to see it anymore. I just want to get to like a really good story and focus on the character beyond how they came to be who they are. Um, so that's what I want to see. Um, as far as Wonder Woman, it's an interesting situation with Wonder Woman because I think Gal Gadot does a great job of like embodying who Wonder Woman is. And I think she, even though Wonder Woman 1984 was not good in my opinion, I, I think that she is you know, the quintessential Wonder Woman. I think it would be very difficult to recast her um, and people accept that. But I, if they decided to do it and they decided to go in a different direction, I mean, I'm fine with that. I do think it would be it would make a lot more sense, at least in my mind, to do something with Wonder Woman where it's not necessarily a time period piece or something like that, where you know she can have her own story or her own adventure that takes place without it being like somehow contained. Like the first Wonder Woman film was great for what it was during World War One. The second one, ignore it, but the the you know, if you were to do another one with Gal Gadot, and technically it would be Wonder Woman three if it was Gal Gadot, I think it would be entirely possible to do something where she comes to the present day and just take a different spin on what she is. I don't know a lot of Wonder Woman I, I've never interacted with a lot of Wonder Woman comics to know some of the other things that she's dealt with outside of the Greek mythology stuff that uh, is so typical when when people are doing her, like, you know, writing her stories and things like that. I don't think that a lot of people have come up with, like, really cool ideas to incorporate her into the normal world outside of her, you know, the Greek heritage that her character has. Um, 
So that's my only concern with her. But I do think that it's important for her to be up there or at the very least other female characters because I like the idea of there being a diverse group of characters. Um, I like the idea of there being female characters. You know, we don't want to make the exact same mistakes that Marvel made where it's a bunch of, uh, you know, guy characters that are focused on for so, such a long period of time. Um, I understand that in Marvel, it's difficult because the female characters that are very popular within Marvel, you know, they're part of the Spider-Man universe or they're part of the X-Men and they didn't have the ability to use those characters. So they had to use with what they had and Black Widow was arguably probably one of the most popular female characters that they had access to, but they didn't necessarily utilize that character as well as they could have. Um, DC has plenty of characters, but I also feel like the other thing I really would think is important is that we see some of the villains get more focused because there's a lot of villains within the DC universe that in a lot of ways are a lot more popular than some of the Marvel characters that exist. And I think that boiling down a villain to a single movie to have a one and done kind of like is not a great idea when it comes to exploring the possibilities of some of these characters. Yeah. Speaking of villains, um, tying that, uh, in, uh, I would like to see Brainiac give us a Superman versus Brainiac movie. I think that's kind of, we've never seen Brainiac. We've seen Superman versus, you know, Zod, um, a million Superman times. Versus- million times Superman versus Lex a million times um, nuclear man uh, we don't want that let's give us give, maybe give us a real bizarro or a real um, a real good brainiac I think that would be a good kind of kickoff movie for Superman one of the other things I would like to see is and I know this has already been said but the Elseworld stuff you know if you're going to potentially take different aspects of the DC universe and try to do something with it do it you know, don't hold back. Um, I'm not saying go, hey, let's say the first Batman movie that's not the Matt Reeves stuff is like Red Rain. We don't need to go necessarily that far. Um, but I like the idea of being able to tell stories with characters that doesn't necessarily flow into the main universe. And Elseworlds are like the perfect spot for that because that is something very different than what Marvel does and gives you the opportunity to tell really unique, great stories. The Joker is a great example of that. The, the film by itself, um, it's a really good film. If you're a film buff, you've probably enjoyed that film. If you're a DC fan, you may or may not have enjoyed it because it's not the Joker that you know. It's just like the idea of the Joker. Um, and I think some people really liked that and some people didn't really like it. But I think a lot more film buffs like that film than necessarily mainstream DC fans. And But I like the idea of being able to explore different ideas that feature some of these characters, but I don't necessarily want it to take away from the character in another format. Um, that being said, like I don't want, because the Joker is being made, I don't want the Joker not to be able to be used in the Batman you know, stuff from Matt Reeves. We know that's happening, but... Um, or we sh- I should say, we know it's not happening because we have a Joker in the Matt Reeves stuff. But I think it's important to be able to explore these different ideas. I think a lot of times people assume that the audiences cannot decipher, that there could be more than one version of something out there. And I don't think that's true. Um, animation stuff that comes out is a perfect example of how you know the audience aren't idiots. And just because it is animated doesn't mean that they can't decipher 
you know, live action from a different live action version of the same character. So, um, I, I really want the Elseworlds stuff to be utilized. And if not, then really decide fundamentally to use the DC universe, the multiverse of 52 worlds and start assigning different things to certain universes, because that would be super cool too. Uh, that would make it also like potentially the answer to a lot of different you know, problems when it comes to like casting different actors or things like that, um, you or doing different types of stories or focusing on individual characters more so. Like the Batman stuff could be taking place on a specific Earth, while the DC Universe stuff that we see with the Trinity coming together takes place on a different universe. Um, I think that would be the best way to do that and still be able to to do exactly what you want to do, which is tell stories of these characters together, but also tell the stories of some of the characters separately. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, uh, I'll be refreshing Twitter uh, these next couple of days because I think, like you said, we're expecting something um, in these next few days at the end of January. But I will say, like, I am going to be, I'm not going to be disappointed if we don't get, like, a million things announced. I am going to be, take one thing at a time. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be all uh, mad online if I don't get like if like you said we don't get like a lot of Elseworlds announced. I'm not expecting that off the bat, but true. Yeah, I'm over, here, I'm over here talking about Brainiac and Bizarro off the bat, but I will say like I would like that like to give us one good solid announcement and then we'll go from there. All right, so with that we're going to wrap up. Um, I don't want to spend too much time talking about what could be or what couldn't be because obviously once we get an announcement, uh, we will we will be discussing more. Um, as I said earlier, it's very likely, based off of the continued comments from James Gunn, that literally within maybe 12 hours of us recording this, something could get announced. Um, but if that happens, we won't have an update to this. Um, I will, I will, I'll have a tag at the very end of the episode if there is, just telling everybody that there was. But then what we'll do is we'll discuss that stuff on the next episode uh, because we'll unpack whatever they announce in the format that they announce it. So that's bound to happen as well. But um, hopefully, hopefully, some of the stuff that we were hoping for happens. And uh, we what we love to hear is, despite the fact that it's very likely that you guys are going to hear um, what, ha- what what their plans are before you hear this episode. We would love to hear from you guys as to what you're looking forward to from the new direction. Um, what characters are you hoping to have pop up in the new slate of films? What characters are you hoping, you know, end up with a TV series or end up with a film or end up in animation? Is there something that you're specifically looking for forward to or hoping for for the future of DC Studios with James Gunn and Peter Safran at the head for at least the next couple of years? So we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, send us an email, tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Leave your comments in the bottom of the podcast episode uh, because we will go over those and the next episode and like i said earlier if you if they let us know what you think of the announcement if the announcement does in fact happen let us know what your reactions are um because we'll be talking about that on the next episode if that is the case so
Dustin here. Uh, yep, as uh, predicted, they did in fact announce the new slate. As you're listening to this, you probably have already seen it. Um, hopefully, you guys still enjoyed this episode. As promised earlier, um, we will be back next week to discuss the full slate. Uh, in the meantime, please feel free to share your thoughts on what they announced and also what you were hoping that they announced that maybe hasn't been announced yet. And we will definitely talk about those on the next episode. So, just wanted to do a quick little update because if you haven't seen they did in fact announce the new slate and we will be talking about that at length next week with all of that being said be sure to head over to the website thebatmanuniverse.net for all kinds of news original content editorials reviews um other podcasts all related to the Batman universe and everything related from movies, TV, merchandise, video games, comics, and everything else related to the Bat fandom. Be sure to follow us on social we're follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're on Discord, YouTube. All of our social links can be found at the top of the page over at thebatmanuniverse.net. Um, if you're interested in supporting us, there's a bunch of different ways. Just head over to the homepage, thebatmanuniverse.net, and look for the support TBU spot towards the bottom of the page, and you'll be able to find a bunch of different ways to support us and the website. Um, with all of that being said, for BJ and myself, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Batman Universe podcast, and we will see you guys next time. 